RadioInfluence.com. Hello, how are you? What's happening? Another edition of The Rock Stops here. All right, now, this is a little bit different today. You know, a lot of these guys, mostly athletes that I'm interviewing, uh, former players, greats, coaches, uh, entertainers. I've been doing some media members lately. This one, he's not. He's on a station that I'm really not in the demo. It's 93.3 FLZ. Hit music, uh, legendary station. In the building where I really started my career in Tampa Bay, Gandhi Boulevard, a historic radio building. At the time, there was 93.3 FLZ, Power Pig, hello, and 970 WFLA, News News Talk. And I worked on the News Talk. I did sports for Ted Webb. And I learned an awful lot. A lot of guys went on to a lot of success out of that building, a lot of talent in that building. And my guest today was a kid when I was there. I have not talked to my guest that I have on this podcast today in at least 25 years until what you're going to hear on this podcast Hadn't talked to him in 25 years. Wasn't that I was close. Wasn't that I was tight. Knew him. And I saw on social media that he is still there and had been there. He's there 28 years and 10 months. He's been on the air over 25 years on 93.3 FLZ. Hey, ratings mean an awful lot. It's an iHeartRadio station. And then he's done so much more. I mean, he's a, a voiceover guy. He's been on a TLC, a television show, uh, Buddy's Home Furnishing, National Spot. Uh, he's got an America's uh, Dance, America's Hits, uh, nationally syndicated uh, show on weekends. And he still is on 93.3 FLZ. When I saw this, I was like, oh, my God. I reached out. I DM'd him. And would you want to come on? I'd love to come on. And he greeted me with a hug. We, I went to the station that I worked at for so many years. And it was surreal. It was in the production studio right where it still is, 93.3 FLZ's production studio. He's the production director for a whole bunch of stations now in the iHeart family. And he's killing it. And he's still there. Anybody in this day and age that's still there for, after, for, for 20, almost 29 years, that to me is amazing with all the changes and bosses and new corporate and, and how he's still doing it. Phenomenal. And so it's not really sports related, a little outside of my demo, but the message is still clear. Hard work, good attitude. Don't be a jerk off, be a good person, and you can have success. And he hits on it here. So this is amazing. I do want to say one thing real quickly. Um, oh, and I've got some stories after this. All right, I'm going to bring him on right away because I know you want to get to the guest that I promote, which is Brian Fink. That's the man that I'm talking about. He was a kid. He still looks great, young, and what a great voice. And I'm going to bring him on in here in a second. I just want to say, though, I do have a couple of stories. It's Super Bowl week now, Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl parties. It's all about the parties, the commercials, the whole event. Do you do it with friends? Do you do it with family? Do you go out to a sports bar? Do you go to a house party? Do you watch it by yourself? You want to watch everything? I'm going to go. I'll give you a couple of stories on some Super Bowl parties and things that are what I did and what I, what I don't I really don't know what I'm going to do this Sunday. Um... And I got a couple of other things that I'm going to hit on. But 
I do want to say it was an honor to cover Tom Brady daily, which I did for Joe Buck's fan this past season. I was there for every practice that I was allowed to be there for because with the protocols, everything was tight. It was really something to watch. He is still at the top of his game, and he doesn't want to have his skills diminished and be like, you know what, it's time for you to go, you know, I'm going to leave now. I honestly thought that he should have retired last year on top after the seventh Super Bowl. Can't get any higher. You won it again. Oh, I mentioned that, and I got it so much. Oh, you. what do you know? What do you know? I'm just saying. But you know what? He got him to the NFC playoffs, and they won. And then they, you know, that comeback, and he, his arm was still really good. He was under pressure, man. He, he, you should have seen. I watched the whole game from the press box. He had no time. But he decided to call it quits. So for no, I'll, I'll wait for another podcast. So maybe I'll give you some stories on what I saw this past year, what I had seen, what I had heard and observed. It was really something else to see. It almost remember when I was up and coming in this business and uh, watching Michael Jordan in person, interviewed Michael Jordan in the locker room where nobody else was around, just my camera uh, person. Uh, that was something. That same, like, Jeter, Jordan, Tom Brady, you know, they're just, it's just, just, it's, it's really something to see. But that's for another day. All right, let me bring him on. Let me bring on my guy. Here he is, Brian Fink. Remember now, what you're about to hear is I had not spoken to him, not on the phone, not in person, in at at least 25 years until right now, right now. Unbelievable. Brian Fink, here you go. The most versatile talent in radio and entertainment in the country, based out of Tampa Bay, the one, the only, Mr. Brian Fink. You don't look like you have aged. What is the secret? You're still at the top. Congratulations. How you be? Brock, it is so good seeing you. Like, it has, it has been way too long. How long has it been since you've been in the building? Oh, my God. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was I was at Bay News 9 for 18 years, and I've been out there for probably four. So you got to go back. I mean, I did a little part-time, but it had 20 years or something like that. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that it's, amazing? It's, and it's crazy. It's surreal. Like, I was looking outside, and wow, there was so much life that came out of this building. This is a legendary building on Gandhi for talk show hosts, what the power pig did in the day. Uh, really? Is it not? Yeah. History no, has absolutely. Been made in this building. And it's actually really going to be sad because you know, we're moving. I heard. So I, I mean, this is, we were just talking prior to recording that I've been in this building for 29 years, 29 in February, it'll be 29 years. And just the thought of not being in this building anymore is, like depressing to me, like sad, sure, like sure, my anxiety, sure. everything. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it was always awesome having you in the building. I mean, you're a uh, legend in the uh, Tampa Bay area. That. I don't know about that. So it, it's great seeing you again. I don't remember. Did I answer your first question? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're just, we're just kind of reminiscing and just like, oh my God, usually I see, you know, we will how you started in the business, but your longevity still being at the top. What do you think is the reason? 
obviously you got to have talent. You still got to sound good and all that. You, you don't, can't screw up. You come to work. You're a good employee. But why? Why are you still, do you think, at the top? I got to tell you, all that was fake news because I screw up all the time. <laughs> I have barely any talent. I mean, if you ask my mom, of course I've got talent. But Being humble. Uh, you know, it, it's really, you just got to work. You just have to be willing to work. And that's something that I think it was instilled in me by my, by my dad. I want to say, I was going to say my mom, but sure. I think it was my dad. I see. My dad is a workhorse. My dad owned a donut shop and he was delivering donuts and making donuts. And I mean, he was, he was barely home because he was always working and sleeping and, you know, smelling like donuts. And I think that's where I got the work ethic from. I mean, my mom, yeah, too. But uh, I think that's where my work ethic came from. And I've just always been willing to work and do what I have to to make it happen. I think that last sentence hits it. A lot of the uh, people that I interview that are successful and at the top, they're willing to do a lot more than just one job or maybe what's in their comfort zone. You seem to have learned that a long time ago, you know, and now how the business has, has evolved, not evolved. You do have to do a lot more with less. There's less people around things like that. Did you, did you figure that out early on? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And, and honestly, anybody that I speak to about getting into radio, I tell them, listen, you have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to ask questions because people aren't going to offer you stuff unless you ask. And when I started, I started as an intern here. Uh, I used to do everything to try to get in the building. I was, I was bringing people donuts. I was winning prizes. I mean, I, I was that annoying 13-year-old kid that would do anything to be part of the radio station. And I finally started interning here and I just worked every different department wherever they needed me. I didn't say no. I worked as an intern. I started, I was cleaning the back parking lot when it needed to be done. I was cleaning vans when it needed to be done. Uh, and then I parlayed into being, uh, I don't know if you remember Tom Steele. Of course. I was Tom Steele's assistant. I see. Uh, still interning. And then I moved into producing the MJ Morning Show when it was syndicated. And then slowly but surely, literally went into every department, wherever they needed me, I would go. And then finally got hired on officially to be production and, and the rest is history. Uh, was it production before full-time on-air talent? Uh, or, you know, that's a good question. So long ago, uh, I mean. Yeah, it, it has been so long. Uh, I want to say that I was doing create. So there's different types of production. There's creative imaging, which is like all the stuff you hear in between songs on the radio stations. I started doing that by being an assistant to Eric Chase, who back then and still is a legend, an absolute legend in production. And I was lucky to learn underneath him. And so that's kind of where it started. And then I moved into commercial production. I still do creative imaging, um, but yeah, it moved into commercial production. And I took over when, unfortunately, somebody who used to be here was laid off. Uh, I took over the position and I've been in it ever since. You know, just here listening, and I know those that are listening to this, like, 
You got the pipes though. You just like, is that something that you worked on or a, a lot of it is natural, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I speak to myself all the time in the mirror. Just pre- no, I, it, it, I don't think I do. Oh my God. I just luckily, no, I, can hear it. I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to answer that, <laughs> but no, it's not something that I practiced. I probably should have because there's a lot of times I lose my voice and it's horrible because that's the moneymaker. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in radio for my face. That's a good so, point. You got to take care of that voice. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of times, especially when I do a lot of gigs, uh, doing a lot of commercials, doing my syndicated shows, being on air, you know, I'm using it a lot and, there's been, I actually had to go, I want to say it was maybe a week without speaking once because my vocal cords were strained. Really? And I went to an ENT and he's like, you cannot say a word for a week. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I mean, he scoped and everything and it was just a case of my vocal cords were strained. And so I went I want to say like three days without speaking, yeah. like not one word. That must be so weird. It was crazy. And then even crazier was saying a word right after I had not said it for three days Wow! because you do something that you're so used right. to. And then all of a sudden that's taken away from you. Uh, and thankfully my voice came back after those three days, but it was very strange. Very strange. Now, 26 years plus, I would say, on air at this legendary 93.3 FLZ in Tampa Bay. You guys made history with taking down the Q Zoo back in the day. That was big. Power Pig. Uh, it was it was it was unbelievable. Here you are today, 2021, still on the air. And d- is it still is it still a joy? Is it still a joy to crack that mic on FLZ? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just so nobody gets confused, we're recording this in 2022. Oh, did I say 2021? <laughs> so I did that. I did that for another 20, thing. Oh my we're God. We're putting 2021 behind yeah, us, Rob. Good, good, Come good, on. good. Yeah. Oh my God. I have Anheuser's, so it's, Stop. it's, it's yeah, 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 that happens. You know, I've drank too many beers over the uh, year and still do. Can you drink too many beers? Yeah, that's that a good. Possible? Nice, 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 nice. I like that. Nice, um, like thank that. You. Nice, nice. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes. Um, it is still as exciting, still as I still get nervous turning on the mic for the first time when I'm on the air. Um, and yeah, first of all, if nobody know, if somebody doesn't know about the history of the Power Pig, Google it. I mean, it was it, it was such a historic time, not only for people in radio, but just for people outside to see what was going on. I mean, that stuff could not go on now. In 2022. No, 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 no. No, you can't do that stuff anymore. It was uh, radio war it, literally. at its best. Yeah. I mean, and there you was. took down the morning zoo. There was Scott Shannon dumpster thing. diving. There was going through trash. There was putting people's personal information on the air. I mean, <laughs> all stuff you can't do now. Isn't it a shame? It was, you're right. Uh, it was when radio was good. It was, amazing. Uh, it, was amazing. it was incredible. Like just going back and I might even Google it just to go back and like yeah. relive it because it was yeah. so incredible. Um, but yeah, it is still so exciting just to be able to turn the mic on and speak to hundreds of thousands of people that are your closest friends. Like, right. People listen to you every day and 
you know, with me personally, with my cats, everybody knows Aiden and Tucker and like, I'll be out and people will go, Hey, how are Aiden and Tucker? I'm like, Oh my God, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're bigger superstars than I am. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, it, it really is still exciting and nerve wracking to turn that mic on, especially being on such a legendary radio station like 93.3. Yeah. Now you still will go out. You'll still be out in the public. I'm talking about bringing a, a show at night. I saw a thing at Westfield uh, Mall yep. and Brandon, and you still got to be out there. You seem like you still are enjoying it and, and yelling, not not yelling, but I mean, you know, pumping them up and giveaways and with the fans. And I mean, I guess that is what separates radio from other forms that are out there now. Am I right? Yeah, still I mean, a connection with the audience. You gotta have that, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know, radio has definitely changed through the years. Um, you know, I got into radio to be behind the mic. Sure, I got it. You know, I was, I was a very shy kid, and still am. Uh, but I was very quiet, very shy. My mom even just made a comment to me yesterday about how she doesn't know how I've changed into what I am now really <laughs> because I was so quiet as a kid. Wow. I mean, my first day here, I remember coming in and sitting against lockers, not saying a word because I was so shy and introverted. Uh, and I'm still introverted, but um, I consider myself an ambivert now, which is you're introverted until you have to be extroverted. And that's when I'm, you know, when you go on on stage, you got to turn it on. And that's what it's all about. Um, but yeah, radio has definitely changed through the years. Uh, we're not just behind the mic anymore. We're doing videos. We're doing Facebook and Instagram lives. We're, you know, doing stuff out in the public, which was always, you know, we always did gigs. Sure. But it's definitely taken a whole different road. Like it's, it's not radio anymore. It's media. Gotcha. Now, how did it come about for you with that great voice that you have to do voiceover work for some nationally syndicated platforms, i.e. television? Uh, Was that through an agent? Was that knowing people? And then you audition and you get it. Tell us what you also are doing besides the radio here. Sure. So first to answer your question, it was all of that. Uh, You know, it's, it's having contacts. It's, you know, people that you know moving to different areas and still remembering you and using you. Uh, I did sign with William Morris years ago, but that lasted like a year because I wasn't getting anything from them. And, and it's so funny because I'm always the one to say, listen, don't take no for an answer. You got to keep pushing no matter what. Somebody's always going to tell you no, but you're going to find that one person that's going to say yes. And that's all it's going to take. And I'm a huge proponent of that. That being said, I was hearing no way too much and I gave up. (laughs) I was like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I was auditioning for so much stuff and was just, nothing was happening. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm done with this. Um, But yeah, it's through knowing people. It's through having my own website, my social platforms that people reach out. Um, So that's how I do my national work uh, with TV commercials and radio commercials and stuff like that. And then uh, to answer your other question, um, so not only being on 93.3 FLZ, mm-hmm. uh, I fill in on Mix 100.7. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm production director for iHeartMedia West Central Florida, which is our region. Wow. I do commercials for <laughs> all of our iHeart stations across the country. 
Uh, I also program Evolution, which is the dance radio station on iHeartRadio. I do my syndicated uh, dance countdown show, America's Dance 30. Um, I was doing my podcast, The Seesaw Sessions. Unfortunately, that kind of got shelved just because I didn't have any time. I would I would understand that. Yeah, so I think that's about it. What about the TV show? The uh, You were the voice in the beginning, the opening uh, oh, what was that? Uh, it was, oh. It's too bad. I, I looked it up and I can't remember the Yeah, name. it was something dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. and that was a, a friend of mine and somebody that I work with through the business reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to voice the open for this show that I think was running on TLC, I want to say? And I was like, sure, absolutely. And so that's how I did the opening for the show. I see. And it was I weird. See. Like, because to me, yeah. I'm still this kid that listens to the radio and loves dance music as as a music. And when somebody asks me to voice the opening for their TV show, it's like, what? That's it's still so you know that goes back to is it still you know uh, exciting turning on the mic? Right. It's the same exact thing with like hearing my voice on the radio or hearing my voice on a TV commercial. What? You were on, what's the national commercial? I was somewhere in, not in this area, out of the, in the United States, and your voice came, came over. Wasn't by right, Buddy's, by, uh, Oh, Buddy, yeah, I used to yeah, do yeah. Buddy's commercials, okay, yeah. And yeah, Project yeah. I Dad. Pro- I think it was Project Dad. It was Project Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My brain is horrible. <laughs> we're, 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 we're coming at you strong. I would have texted you. <laughs> Like two days from now, <laughs> gone. Project Dad, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, but I used to do commercials for buddies. Yes, and the way yes. I was doing those was, I don't know if you remember Chris Cook, who used to be a sales guy here at the radio station. It sounds familiar, but I'd have to go back. Okay. Not only one of the best sales guys we've ever had, one of the best guys in the building ever. And he does an agency now. And so one of his main clients is buddies. And so he had reached, I was doing their commercials when he was here at the radio station. Gotcha. And so it kind of just parlayed into their TV ads. I haven't done one in a while, but, but yeah, that is one that I've done. Yeah. I, I mean, I heard it. Um, now what about, this is, this is what I really like, like, and I asked this to big rig, he's down the hall at uh, 98 rock and he's been there since the beginning and, he, and all this. And I said, does it, has it ever come to a time where somebody will say, oh, you know, you're too old to be doing rock. There should be more of a classic rock. They don't have really a lot of a format. And he's like, no, listen, man, age is a number. Like, you know, I'm doing my thing. And he had just seen a couple of weeks before the Rolling Stones were here. And even though he was saying something about the sound system, but still. And I was like, yeah, they're like pushing 80, still bringing it. So, I mean, you know, and sometimes you get bosses that come in. And they'll look and it's happened to me like, oh, he's too old for this or something like that. You're still doing it strong. I am. So what what, has that ever come up or no, as long as you sound good and you do your thing? Yeah, it luckily, thank God it hasn't come up. I'm sure it will at some point. But you look at there's, you know, I'm not going to mention names or ages, but you look all over the country and there's older people out of the demo that are still doing it because you're able to connect and you're able, you know, I'm still young in here, no matter how old I am, I'm still young in here. I'm still immature and doing stupid stuff. 
You know, it, that's what Marie said. I'm still going to raise hell. Exactly. And, I'm out. and that's that's all that matters is if you can connect with people and you're still young at heart, then absolutely you can still do it. Um, there are definitely people that are still doing it that that are older. Uh, and I'm sure they're not being questioned either because they still sound great on the air. They still do a good job. They're still connecting with the listener. And that's all that really matters. How do you avoid those that have come through and are negative or the way the business has changed from when we started? It's harder. You got to do a lot more, blah, blah, blah. And you'll get people that will be negative. Quite a few people. Right. You don't have that. Why is that? I don't have that publicly. I mean, I did, you know, there are times. That's very honest. Yeah, absolutely. There are times where there's negativity that creeps in. And at times in my past, I was a very negative person. And I kind of just changed it. I just decided to change that in myself. Wow. Because negativity is exhausting. And nobody wants to hear it because everybody's got problems in their life. Plain and simple. You don't want to hear me complaining. And there's no point in complaining. If there's something that's going on, then you deal with it and you move on from it. Um, but I, I've definitely been a negative person in my life, but I made it a personal note to be more positive. That's amazing. And I've had negative people in my life that I've had to cut out or ask them to change their attitude just because, again, it's so exhausting. And we all have stuff that we're dealing with, especially now. Everything that we've been through, we're all just trying to make it right now. And so to hear negativity is like, listen, that's not going to change anything. That's not going to do you any good. When you start thinking positively, yeah. that's when your life is going to start getting more positive. Awesome. So that's, that's what I try. Now, if, if somebody comes in and they're negative, then I'll listen to them and I'll try to change their mindset. And that's, that's all you can do. That's beautiful, man. That's yeah. great. That but is it, great. It definitely has changed a lot. You know, back in the yeah, day yeah. when we started, oh you know, I would, again, I was cutting banners. I was cleaning back parking lots. I was cleaning the vans, doing whatever I had to, to make my dream happen. A lot of times there will be people that come into the business and just expect everything to be given to them and not have to work that much. And it's frustrating seeing that mindset. You know, the, we've you, been you that. even answer, I'm down to like the last two and you even answered that. I always ask at the end, okay, I'm sure you get this. Um, I have a kid or uh, what's the advice? How do I, how do I do what you do? And I'm, everybody usually gives pretty much a similar answer and you kind of hit it there. What advice would you give? There's uh, someone's daughter or son or whatever. They want to get in the business or the kid themselves. That's what I would prefer come to ask you. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, what advice would you give? I mean, I would probably be long winded in my advice, unfortunately. Uh, you know, first thing I would say is that it's a tough business. It's it's really tough business. So just be ready for it and be ready to not give up because a lot of people can get in and go, you know, this isn't for me. It's, it's too tough. Just stick with it. If it's what you want to do, stick with it. That'll be number one. Number two, ask questions once you get in. Just ask as many questions as you can from as many different people as you can. Learn as much as you can because, like I said earlier, a lot of times people don't volunteer information. But if you ask them, they're more than willing to let you know. And 
all of us. Rig is a great example. Rig has done so much for so many people's careers and it's amazing. Really? And it's just it's just a question of being willing to share your knowledge and help people along. And I mean, I guess those would be my advices. That's good. Just, and, yeah. and what you and work also, hard. Yes. Work yeah. hard, you said, and also be do a lot of different things. Absolutely. Because some people are like, I just want to be on here. I just want to be a star. I want to do a night show on FLZ. Well, there's other things, right? Yeah. yeah. And But it, it's not that easy to, you know, do multiple things, but be ready to have to do it to be able to succeed. And, you know, somebody that you've spoken to just recently, Greg Wolf, is a great example of that and one of the hardest working people in the business. I I don't know how he doesn't have a clone. He has to have a clone with the amount of stuff that he does. He is the in-game announcer announcer for the Tampa Bay Lightning and that has led, he's got a successful entertainment company. It started out street lays DJs. They were just DJs. They hit the street. Now it's a full-blown promotion. However, at the Bucks game, you should see the dancers. They're on stilts. They got everything and he's got that and he was just asked to do the NHL All-Star game. It's going to be in Vegas. Wow. He did the... um, uh, Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. And they did the face off at the Hard Rock. At the Hard Rock, they're yep. like, who in Tampa? You're the guy, yeah. Wolfie, and it's it's continuing to still drive yourself, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I see. You know, not to turn this into the Greg Wolf podcast, yeah. oh, but he's, I mean, he's going <laughs> to love this. He's getting double play. I, I see the stuff that he does, and it blows my mind how he's got enough time in the day to do it. But Greg and I started back in the day here. He was at Wild. Right. He was at our competition. Yes. Um, but we actually went to USF together. And we actually had lunch with the president of USF at the time before even knowing each other. Uh, and then he came here and was working in promotions here. And yes. then turned that into an incredible career with his company. Yes. And, I mean, again, he is a perfect testament of just work and be willing to work and put it in, and your dream will come true. You just got to work at it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of days that are really down. There's days still that, like, when I'm putting together America's Dance 30, I'll be sitting there going, I just don't want to do that. Like, I'm just tired. And you just got to push yourself to do it. No one else is going to do it. So you got to push yourself to do it. You know this. I mean, you've been doing it for so long. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm talking to the people who are at the top right now. And yeah, I but love Rock, it. you've had a legendary <laughs> career, not only in the Tampa Bay area, but yeah, yeah. you're a perfect I'm, testament, too, of just working. No, you do. You do. If you love it, which I do, and then that makes it a lot easier. Last one. What about the future? Do you, do you think a lot about what's next for Brian Fink or... Just keep on grinding and doing everything the best that you can do. Where's your Where's your mindset on that? I want to say 50-50. Uh, and it's it's actually funny that you asked me that because, so side note, I've been accepting packages since the pandemic started because our front lobby is still shut down. Got it. So the UPS guy and I have become like really well acquainted. Isn't that funny? So we'll chat a lot. And on Friday, he actually said to me, you know, where's up for you? What's the future for you? And I was like, That's a very good question. Uh, You know, I'm doing everything that I love right now. There's always up. I mean, you know, I can be a program director of FLZ. I could be a program director of another radio station. Um, There's there's always up. I could be in a different day part than I am on on 93.3 FLZ. 
And I, I think those would be the only changes, like a change in day part, uh, which means for anybody who's not on radio, it just means a different time that you're on the radio. Um, other than that, you know, thinking to the future, I love what I'm doing. And, you know, again, as every business, we've gone through a lot of hard times and there's been a lot of layoffs and a lot of rifts. And thankfully, knock on wood, I'm still here. But I, I can't think about that because, again, that's very negative. And I just got to do my job, do it as best I can, and that's it. If I'm laid off right after we're done recording, then, you know, oh, no. I did my best. And that's all you can do. I can't think about that. Uh, I, I'm just too busy during the day doing my job to worry about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. The future, whatever it has for me, it has for me. Until then, I'm just going to keep living my life and, and that's it and plugging away. And that's all I can do. Major congrats. Thanks, Thanks so much for doing this, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. How about that? I love to hear stories about people that are consistent. They're able to weather the storm. So many storms in this business and new program directors and new uh, cluster managers and corporate and this and that. And he's still doing it, still loves walking through those doors. He was in the production studio that was always 93.3 FLZ's production studio. There used to be a guy named Woody that was in there prior to him. And, you know, it, it was surreal for me being in that building. They're going to move now. They're moving to a new location, like we mentioned there. And he thought he was going to be there 30 years. But anyway, Brian Fink, thank you so much, man. You are true. You're you're real. And that's why you're still at the top of your game. And you do have a damn good voice. Dang it. Thank you, Brian Fink. All righty. What's happening? It is Super Bowl time. It's almost like, you know what? I don't. I used to get like almost depressed when football season would end. And I tried to get behind the uh, Alliance of American Football, whatever that was called. Remember that? Orlando and Spurrier. They, they, were, they were doing real good. Then the XFL and Tampa had a team. I went to the games. I covered them. I went to practice in Plant City. I was behind it, but nah, the spring thing, I just don't know. Now the USFL is coming back, and we'll see. Maybe it's good if you do get a break you know, from the season and then you want it more. Maybe there's that. Maybe too much of a good thing. Football, I don't know, but it is Super Bowl. Here we go. And Super Bowl Sunday is Super Bowl party in the United States. There's nothing like Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl parties, the pregame, the hype, the halftime show, the commercials. Um, you know, it's it's cool. I've been lucky enough to cover many of them. I've been inside the stadium for several of them. I'm telling you, I got the best Ben Roethlisberg story ever. And if you see me in person or where I'm at a bar and we're having a couple of beers, I will tell you. I don't want to tell you on here, but oh, my God. Because, you know, Roethlisberger retired, and I always think about this story that I had. Oh, my God, oh, my God. But that was in the building for that one. That was at Raymond James Stadium. 
against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, there was a Baltimore Ravens when Dilfer threw a touchdown pass, but they had Ray Lewis. They had that defense. Oh, my God, we we're on the field. And, of course, when the Buccaneers won in San Diego, I was on the field and, and with the celebration and everything and doing a live show and all that. Oh, my God, it was in... It was uh, it was really 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 something, you know. And now here we are, and this one's going to be in Los Angeles at SoFi, and we got a Super Bowl. So, what do you prefer? Are you over now? Now I know with the, with COVID, it kind of changes things. You, know, you don't want to be. I don't want to be in a packed house where there's no air. You know, we're warm enough down here, but yet. It's we're in Florida, so you're probably not going to have air conditioning on. And if you don't have anything and da, 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 and I started thinking of back to some Super Bowls, just, oh, my God, when I first started out in radio at WSUS, Franklin, Sussex County, 102.3, we had a Super Bowl party for clients and the caterer was a girl, Cindy Crow. I used to think she was attractive, but I was in in grammar school, Sacred Heart School in Dover, New Jersey. She was a blonde, she was good looking, but I was a I was a kid. I was you know seventh grade, eighth grade. Didn't know what I was doing, and I was nervous, and you know all that jazz. Never said anything. She probably doesn't even know. It. I don't even know if she's still around. <laughs> anyway, I didn't know this, but here I am, probably like twenty five years old, maybe, at the radio station. We had a Super Bowl party for clients, catered. She comes in. She's the caterer. I was blown away. I was blown freaking away. I was like, oh, my God, a girl that I kind of almost had like a crutch on and when I was a kid. And here she is catering this party. Isn't that, isn't that a small uh, world? Um, over the years, back in Jersey, I'd been to many Super Bowl parties. Uh, they were always fun. I kind of like the Super Bowl parties. Now, in recent years, I've stayed here and my wife and daughter, and they like to see the halftime show. And we always watch that, you know, and I just kick back and there's nobody bothering me and that's fine. Um, but I, I, I kind of, I don't know, man, I'm jonesing a little bit for a Super Bowl party. You know, I kind of like it. It's been a while. Um, I'll never forget there was a party in Vail, Colorado, when I was living in Denver, a suburb of Denver called Littleton, Colorado. And I was separated from my wife at the time. It was not going good. She left when, you know, blah, blah. There's no need to go into details of all that stuff. But anyway, I was really, I was just a single guy. And my friend from Sussex County, New Jersey, Steve Horry, moved out to Vail. He was actually living out there. They worked, he worked at APRE, I think that's called, like, it's called a happy hour. He ended up bouncing at a bar in Vail. He worked construction when the weather was nice. And then in the winter, you know, all the, the everybody's there for skiing. And so he had established himself and he had an apartment. He had a big dog. So when I was living in Littleton, I would go out occasionally to Vail and just party for a weekend with him. And I remember going out there on a Super Bowl weekend and we went to a couple of bars in the bar he worked at. He knew everybody. We partied. We partied. I remember going outside to go take a, relieve myself to go to bath, take a leak. And I remember all the snow. 
and I'd make all, you know, I don't need to get into too many details, but anyway. So I do remember, he goes, hey, there's a Super Bowl party. And when you're in a small ski resort community like that, those that work in the service industry, like the bars and the restaurants, they all know each other. And so it was one of those. And it was in a nice house, big glass windows where you could see the mountain. And it was a house party. And everybody there was a partier. They all worked in the service industry. And I remember it was great. But I didn't know anybody. And I remember it was cool. And then I remember, but I didn't go overboard, but enough that I probably should not have driven back. I decided to drive back to Littleton. I'd already been out there for a weekend, you know, and and, and so anyway, I probably shouldn't have done that. The, uh, not proud of that, those back in the day. They're not proud of it, but I'm just being honest with you here. But I remember that was kind of cool. I didn't know a soul. I'm in Vail, Colorado. There was so much snow outside, and it was a house party, and they were all parties, and everybody's having a great time. So that was cool. Ian Beckles, who's a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, offensive guard, he's a talk show host, very successful in Tampa Bay, and he's got he's a podcaster, and he's got a lot going on. And he's like a I call him a party planner. He loves planning parties. He always did. And he had a couple of Super Bowl parties, and I was lucky enough to go to. One or two of them. I know one specifically I was at because it was historic. It was because of the nipple slip of Janet Jackson. What do they call it? A, a wardrobe malfunction? Wardrobe malfunction. You can see your nipple. Uh, a wardrobe malfunction. And I thought this was hysterical. He always threw great parties. He had, a, he had an upstairs room. What did he call it? He had a name for it. And you never know who you'd see there. Tino Martinez was there, former Yankee, uh, some former, you know, NFL players, and just overall good people. Good people. There's no asshole he's going to invite there. And so I, I, I took my wife to a party or two at his place, and I, I was, I, I did not take her to that Super Bowl. I don't even know. We were dating, I guess. All I know is I was there by myself. I was having a great time, and I remember going downstairs at halftime to go to the bathroom, and I saw everybody crowded around in the kitchen. He had a little TV that was in the kitchen. I mean, he had a big-ass, nice TV up in the skanctuary. That's what he called it, the skanctuary. And we were all up there watching. But I came down, I'm like, what's all this commotion? And they were all gathered around this little TV, and Ian was at the controls rewinding it. And they were like, oh, stop, stop. Oh, 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 you can see your nipple. You can see your areola. You can see it. You can see it. I thought that was hysterical. So I can remember that. You know, not every Super Bowl I can remember, but I can remember because of the nipple slip. And there I was and watching, and it was three, four deep in the kitchen watching him rewind. I thought that was hysterical. Um, Any other Super Bowl parties that have been fun? See, the problem is now, I guess, I I don't like, you know, if you're taking Lyft, or Uber back, and if it's like I live on the Pinellas County side, so if it's a party in Tampa, like it's going to cost you quite a bit of money to get back, and you got to wait for your ride. Like I'm so used to when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to jet, I'm ready to boat book, or they call it ghost. I don't do that. I'm ready to go, and uh, so the problem is if I'm going to go to a Super Bowl party somewhere, and it's just me. 
Now, it's different if I got my wife. And, you know, some, a lot of times when we go out, I'll say, you you have a glass of wine because she's not a partier like I am. And, you know, I can do my partying at home. So why don't you have a glass of wine or two? I'll have one beer and then I can drive you home and you can enjoy your night. Um, but if we go to a Super Bowl, then I can't. What I can't. What am I going to drink? Soda and water for freaking four hours. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Now, there is a craft beer bar that I walk to. That's outstanding because I can walk home. That's the name of the game. But we'll see. I'm There's no real plan, so I'm assuming I'm going to be watching it right here. You know, sometimes I think we went to her parents' house, which are they're real close by. They're like eight minutes, ten minutes away, next town, and uh, right down the street. And, you know, we go there, and then what makes me want to come back, and they want to see the halftime show of the girls, and I do that. Which brings me to, so anyway, best of, I hope you have a great Super Bowl. Hope you enjoy it, whether you're by yourself, whether you're with family, with your friends, you're partying somewhere, just hope you make it back in one piece, and there you go. And then go to work on Monday. You know, there's a lot of people who want to change it to Saturday. And, you know, what? Uh, we're so used to it on a Sunday. Nah, you know what I mean? I, the tradition, keep it, you know, keep it on a Sunday, man. You know, Super Bowl Sunday. Which brings me to, I got, I get a kick out of this. I am a girl dad now. Now, I have a son, Hunter. Very proud of him. He has turned out fabulous. He lives with his mom. Uh, that's all he's known. We get divorced when pregnancy just, so that's all he's known, you know, and he's just a good young man. Uh, and now we, Emily and I, we have a daughter that's 12. I know I'm an old geezer to have somebody young. <laughs> they say, oh, that'll keep you young. What, doing all these tasks and running all around? But here's what I want to get to. I am a girl dad, and I love it. I love it. I grew up in a male-oriented family with two brothers. My mother, I don't know how she did it. She was always cooking and cleaning. and Always. 24, I don't know. She would finally, at the end of an evening sit down and read the paper and our dog Mitzi would be at her feet and that would be her thing. And she always said that she loved it. That's what she told Emily. She loved it. Raising us boys. I don't know how she did it. Three boys feeding us, doing our laundry. That was like a daily thing. Our, our laundry. I always remember the, the Bob, the, the repairman was always coming to fix our washer or dryer. It was running 24 seven, man. But anyway, so I grew up in a male family. Uh, I was around guys all the time, playing sports, then later covering sports my entire life, always locker rooms, games, practices, always being around guys, men. So this is different. My daughter is in cheerleading, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So she's been cheering for Pop Warner football for since she was like, I don't know, six, something like that. And she's 12 and a half now. And so they compete, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's Pop Warner. I love going to the games. You know, I'll watch the players and stuff, but I watch her cheers and cheer and take pictures and video. So now she's in middle school, seventh grade. And my wife works 
part-time in the front office. She runs the mentoring program for the school, kids that need mentors. She also helps out answering the phones. She she, She goes above and beyond. Oh, my God. So... They were talking about, you know, and with COVID, they didn't have any sports last year and there was no cheerleading. And so she was like, is there going to be cheer? Well, that coach left or is not doing anymore. So no, nobody's, nobody's come through and I don't even know if there was money in the budget. It would be volunteer. Nobody. And she's like, you know, she was a team mom, but she's never really coached cheerleading even though she did it in middle school and I think one year in high school. So she's like, you know what? I want these girls to be able to experience cheerleading, you know, for the basketball boys and girls. I'll do it. Ah, really? Do you know what you're getting yourself into, Emily? You know, there's going to be parents and this and that, which it really has not been a problem at all. It's a good bunch. And there's going to be tryouts and then there's going to be some that are going to be mad at you and all this. She goes, you know what? I'm going to do it Friday. Well, guess what? She said she would do it. She told the school. And then my daughter's like, I don't want to do it at school. What? What? Your mother just volunteered. And we can't, if you force our daughter, you say, you're doing it. Because I remember my father would be, you're getting your hair cut. Oh, oh, I rebel. Or you got to do this. You know, you're I'm rebelling. So we don't want that. We don't want to force her because she's not going to enjoy it. So it's going to turn out, and Emily couldn't sleep. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this for a couple of months, practices, games, the uniforms, all that stuff. And my daughter's not even doing it. That's why I was doing it. Well, we didn't say anything. And then it turned out maybe you kind of help mom. And it turns out, all right, I'll do it. And then the tryouts, and then boom, of course, and she's experienced. And it's turned out to be phenomenal. And they put out these mats. They do these stunts. No other middle schools are doing this. And it really has turned out. So I go and I help run out the mats with some kids and set up the mats. So that, you know, because they're on a hard gym floor and they do this, this stunt at halftime. My wife does the music. I run in. I put all the mats away. They help me. And then I, I put them back in. And I tell you what, that is about like the most enjoyable time of my week. I love the after school and I'm getting to watch the basketball, the boys and the girls. And I'm telling you what, now I played basketball. These kids are way more physical. The defense is incredible, man. You can't even get off a shot and it's physical and they're good. They're way beyond what I was in seventh grade or eighth grade. Oh my God. It is impressive. And you know, there's a couple of parents on an opposing team and there's a few things that you see, but overall I think it's great. And then what my wife started out doing is giving out cookies to kids that can help pull the mats out. Because you only have a short time for halftime. And then the word got out. Now by last week, there's so many kids saying that they help with the mat. And they're all over there for the free cookies and this and that. But it's just really cool to see teamwork, both for the basketball teams, boys and girls, and to see the cheerleaders, and to see the school spirit. And to see some of the kids like blowing off steam after school in the stands, yelling out some stuff, running all around, being with their friends. It just 
it freaking warms my heart, man. I love it. I really love it. And that is the most enjoyable time. And like I said, when, when there's the cheerleading competition or when she's at a play and she's doing that. And I'll tell you this. Since I played sports my entire life, I was always playing. I had a, um, I had a paper route from the, I don't even know. I remember the, the lady came, Mrs. Burbridge, to our house. I was like, can you count change? Because you had to go and collect on Saturdays. This is, that's how old I am. You had to go collect the money. And there was some son of a bitch, this guy. My father couldn't stand it. It was a little mom and pop, a uh, little deli, like, around the corner, a couple blocks away. And he would take the money and throw it on the counter. It would fall on the ground. And I have to go pick it up. Oh, my father wanted to go over there and beat the crap out of him. But he had heart issues and this and that. We don't want to get his, uh, he had a battery or develop. I, I, I don't want to get into any details. So I had a paper route after school for years, years. And so I was, I was on my paper. I was on my bike all the time. Every day it was a seven day a week. The Sunday paper, the inserts would come and the big truck would drop them off on Wednesdays. You have to put those together. You know, remember how heavy a Sunday paper was with all the ads. And uh, so I did that. And then I was out. I was out. I was at my friend's house, John J. Whitten. I was down at the park. I was always playing sports all the time. We had a basketball hoop in our driveway, and I would play late into the night. Now I think about it, my poor neighbors, the clingers next door, they had to hear that bouncing basketball at night all the time. What a pain in the ass I was. Now that I think about it, I would have hated that. Never said anything. They were so nice. So anyway, um... Just my point is, I enjoy the change. It's not little league baseball. It's not football. It's not. It's cheerleading. It, it's, it's she would go and do some stuff on gymnastics. These plays that she was in, and all the plays that she's been in, because she's she's a good performer, man. The stage does not uh, a packed house does not bother her at all. You would think it doesn't bother me now. But when I first got in, for a long time, radio and TV, now you're, you were the microphone, you're in the studio, nobody's in there, and with camera, it's easy. It would take me a while, public speaking. Now, her, it doesn't bother her at all. She's performed for a long time. But what we noticed, she's done some plays at the high school with high school kids. When she was in elementary, they would have parts for elementary school kids. Those kids that are thespians, those kids that are in a play were the tightest most supportive they before the before these big performances they would all hold their hands together and and you know even for an elementary school kid with a high school kid i've seen how it's been on some baseball team some of these kids think that they're all that it's great so i just think it's phenomenal after the covid seeing school spirit and me being a girl dad and with my head and supporting my wife as the cheerleading coach an attractive cheerleading coach. Cheerleading coach is always attractive, and I got one. <laughs> so anyway, look, my thanks to Brian Fink. Uh, I've got a couple here in the can, and I'm, I'm really working on one that I hope that comes through. But I am trying to mix in the sports talk, the stories, and some entertainers, even if they're not in the sports field. How did they make it to the top? They all have good attitudes. 
They're all positive. But as Brian Fink said in this one, oh, there was a time where I was negative, but it was too tiring to be negative. It's draining. So anyway, so there you go. So listen, thanks for supporting. I'll talk to you next week. And this has been another edition. God willing, God willing, I'll be back with you on The Rock Stops Here. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. I'm going to use this podcast to, I guess, warn people because, you know, I was exposed to a situation this week, you know, on the Beckles and Retro show, which is on Monday through Friday, 95.3 WDAE. Uh, we had this young, uh, young lady. Her name was Sydney Nacello, who was a soccer player for USF. She got drafted by Portland on the soccer team. She got drafted high and got drafted and then find out, found out 10 minutes later that she was undrafted, and then they cut her, cut her. So when I heard about this story, and Jay, my partner, uh, my co-host on the show, he said, well, she got, she got ousted because of her tweet about transgenderism. So I looked at her tweet, and I 100% agreed with her tweet. Her tweet, she retweeted something like, if you were born a man, you should not compete against women. Does anybody, uh, would anybody say that's a false statement? Would you go on the other side of that? Okay, so I agree with her on that situation. Now, when we had her in the studio, just before we had her on, you know, our producer, Tom Ponzo, showed me a bunch of other retweets that she sent. Now, I'd only seen the one about the transgender. Then I saw a bunch of the other retweets that are talking about the insurrection, are talking about Biden, are talking about Trump, and and the ways that are scary for somebody who is not far, okay? And this is what this whole, this is what I'm going to try to explain to everybody. Far one way is bad, okay? The far left and far right probably make up 40% of our population, okay? Both sides, I love everybody in the middle. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, just don't be far anything, okay? When you're far something, you're gonna repel other people and I hope you see that. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.